Hey friends, welcome to Genuine Life with me, Jody Stevens. Today we're talking about shame and addiction and how it can impact our identity. So this program, it's about helping you live better life mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We talk all aspects of recovery, and mental health on this program with a biblical perspective. And if you like this show, I'd love it if you would uh, maybe subscribe on Podbean or leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you're listening through. And you can find other encouraging resources, my healing blog, my course on identity there at jodystevens.org. So there are so many things that can shape our identity, right? And some are good, some are bad. I cover like 25 of them in-depth in my identity course, which you can also find at jodystevens.org. Things like unhealthy beliefs, childhood trauma, coping patterns, attachment styles, stuff like that, um, along with ways that the enemy wants to block you from being who God created you to be and living in your true identity. But let's look at shame and addiction from a biblical perspective. So in the beginning, right, after God created the heavens and the earth and humanity, and he said it was good, and then Satan tempts Eve, sin enters the world, it brings with it shame and separation from God. So Adam and Eve disobeyed God's command. They believed the devil's lie. They sinned, and they were ashamed then of their nakedness. So then Adam blames Eve and, and God for giving him that woman. <laughs> and then Eve blames the devil. And so then we have the cycle of temptation and sin and fall and shame and blame and then wash and repeat. And so the rest of the Bible is a series of covenants with God's people, which they always break. But leading up to Christ, who ultimately fulfills all the Old Testament covenants through his sacrifice and death to cover our shame and sin. So the entire story of humanity that led up to this point, the, the entire Bible, it's totally relational about God's love and, and restoring us to himself. So it's always so sad when people say, oh, God could never forgive me for all I've done. It's like, no, no, the whole Bible from creation to revelation is about you and restoring you to perfect unity with God. And I think that when we fully understand that, we can release our shame through Jesus' forgiveness and repentance. Through that, we are freed from shame and made right before God. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive and find grace to help us in our time of need. So the Bible says we can be confident that we are forgiven, that our shame is taken away. However, when we don't confess and release that shame and allow God to show us who we really are in him, all sorts of problems can, can result. So too many to discuss here, but we're talking about how shame promotes addictions. And I do believe that sin perpetuated by shame is what causes most of our problems. So step one of the 12 steps says, admitted we were powerless over alcohol, or whatever the addiction is, admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. So another great way to put this is admitted we were powerless over sin, that our lives had become unmanageable. So what is it for you, right? For me, it was alcohol, drugs. And of course, one of the big sins is addiction. And I believe that shame is at the root of all addictions. So let me play out a scenario from my own life. 
so I'm dyslexic. And because of that belief, I, I thought I was stupid when I was a kid. I believed that. And I believed other incorrect things like my feelings don't really matter. So I became self-reliant in many areas of life, came to the conclusion that nobody can meet my needs, therefore I must meet my needs myself. And I'm talking about emotional needs, not physical needs. So another one of the roots of addiction, and there are many, and, and it's, I believe it's layered, but is also a lack of connection. So I could be in a room full of people and still feel totally alone because in my shame a long time ago, I created this false front this false self that I put forward that I thought people would like me better if they saw that so they wouldn't see the real me. And that false self was self-reliant and didn't need people. So alone, disconnected, turned to the addiction, right? If we don't believe that we're worthy of being loved and being connected with others, and we don't allow them to help meet our needs, it's going to keep us from deeply connecting with others or connecting at all. And so then we try to meet those needs through addiction. And so this is why in recovery, we turn to God. We admit that we're powerless over our addictions, right? Step one admitted <laughs> we were powerless over our addictions, that our lives had become unmanageable, right? And so that's one part of recovery. There are many. The other part is confession. There's something super healing about telling our story to somebody who won't judge us. So um, in step four of the 12 steps, we do this personal and moral inventory of ourselves. Okay. And then in step five, we confess it, admitted to ourselves and another human being. And of course, God, the exact nature of our wrongs. So what we're doing here is allowing another person and God to see our true self. And then the other part of recovery is connecting with others and helping one another. So connection and authenticity are destroyers of addiction, but isolation fuels it, which is why the enemy wants to keep you alone in shame and believing that no one can help you. And so that's the lie. So if you believe that you're alone in the world or that people can't help you or know the real you, guess what? You feel alone and powerless and angry and resentful and anxious and frustrated. And so the list goes on and on and on. So here's another example with me. Since I didn't believe my feelings were important, I was afraid to ask for my needs or afraid to stand up for myself. And since I was afraid to stand up for myself, my emotional needs weren't being met. And half the time I didn't even know what they were. And since my needs were not being met, I felt anger and resentment and anxiety taken advantage of. So then I would drink to soothe these issues through drinking. So here's what people don't realize that oftentimes and most of the time addiction is a replacement for what we lack the courage to do. I was afraid of all these things and to ask for my needs. I didn't think they were important. So by picking up the drink, I was soothing myself. I was doing something about the situation only in the wrong way. So I was sort of gaining my power back in a sense, right? And so the addiction was a replacement for what I lacked the courage to do. And so that's why the serenity prayer talks about praying for the courage to change what we can and giving the rest to God. And once I began to pray for the courage to stand up for myself and my needs and become more authentic in who I was, then things began to change. 
And so when I initially tried to get sober, I wanted God to just strike me sober. I wanted to do it just, you know, him and me, and right? And, and rarely does that ever work because God will often reveal our identity and heal us through connection. So it was in asking for help and being honest and reaching out to God and others that healing began. Now, the tragic part about addictions is that they can stunt our growth, too, because they keep us in hiding. So if it's an addiction to drugs or alcohol, you know, mind-altering substances, it can completely suppress who we are, stunt our growth, um, especially in the emotional department, because we're using the addiction to not deal with the pain. And so this is why they say that that people that get sober sometimes have the emotional intelligence of the teenager or of the age that they were when they started using addictively. So addictions play a huge part, as you can see, in confusing, blocking, or damaging our identity. So question what are some addictions that you struggle with. Maybe it's a substance or food or the internet or Netflix <laughs> or shopping or anger or pride, need for approval. I think I said that. There's so many things that we can worship instead of God that keep us trapped in this false identity. So the idea is to examine ourselves, see if there are things that we are substituting that are you know, keeping us in hiding once we can kind of see what those things are, we can examine like what's at the root of this addiction. Because remember, addiction is just a Band-Aid. It's used to try and fix something that's more complex in nature that's going on underneath. So in life and business, you have technical problems like this microphone and complex problems. So technical problems, easier to fix. Complex, just that. They're complex. So as humans, we're complex. And a lot of times we want to throw a technical fix at a complex problem and it never works. Addiction isn't going to work to fix the problem that we need to get to the root of. We can't put a Band-Aid on it, right, with addiction and substance abuse. So some things for you to think about. Uh, what are some addictions you've struggled with in the past or the present? And then also what could be at the root of those addictions, right? I mean, I think it starts with that sin and shame and and that begets fear and, and the need for approval, which was what I struggled with. And then anxiety and anger, lack of connection, all those things. And then maybe what are some things I can do to begin to break free? Could be joining a church or a support group or getting a sponsor or maybe therapy or something like that. So anyway, if you struggle with shame and addictions and things like that, uh, I hope that you found this resourceful, helpful, and encouraging. And thanks for hanging out. Um, listen, if, if God's done a work in your life, if you've overcome a trauma or a challenge or an addiction, I'd love to have you on the program. I have guests on all the time, and so I'd love to hear your story anyway. Uh, you can reach out to me. It's connectwithjodystevens at yahoo.com. And um, you can find, uh, again, all kinds of other resources on my website and blog, which is at jodystevens.org. So God bless you, friends, and thanks for hanging out.